one thing that's important is to look at what your organization is offering. Be very careful and sensitive with your branding, but also be aware that an individual is coming out of incarceration. There are already barriers in place for housing, for a job, to get medical assistance, open up a bank account, things like that. And so the more support we can offer can help individuals more successfully reenter society. I'm Kathleen Hughes, and you are listening to FYI, the Public Library's podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. On today's episode, we speak with Jen McKay, Acting Manager of Outreach Services at the Salt Lake County Library in Utah. Jen has made it her mission to serve incarcerated individuals and those re-entering society. We're excited to dive deep into Jen's work and discuss her expertise in outreach services for the incarcerated and formerly incarcerated. We'll get into her background and how she got started in the field, the services she provides to her target populations, the challenges she's faced, and much more. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for having me. Why don't we get started with talking a bit about your background? What inspired you to become an outreach services librarian, and how did you get started in the field? I have to give a lot of credit to my mom because she regularly took us to the library, and I was familiar with library systems even before I learned how to read. When I went to college, I was either going to pursue librarianship or uh, another field of research. And so I actually took the second path and it didn't pan out like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the best fit. And so I came back to what I had known and loved and also been interested in, which was libraries. In 2007, I was hired for our library system, which is Salt Lake County Library Services. And I worked at several different locations where we had communities that had high need. So high crime rate, low income, a lot of community struggles, a lot of community need. And so just by nature of getting to know and interact with my community, I had a better understanding of what their needs were. And so we would do intentional outreach at those different locations, which would include local services to substance abuse treatment programs and connecting with individuals who weren't officially in a jail capacity, but had been involved in some part of the legal system. You are acting manager of outreach services at the library, and previously you were the outreach services librarian. Can you tell us about those roles and also the types of services the library offers? So as a senior librarian, I look at all different types of outreach and specifically look at underserved communities. So the library wants to make sure we're viewing outreach through the lens of inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility and making sure that we're connecting with individuals that we might not otherwise have an opportunity to engage with. Everything that we do for outreach at that system level kind of goes through that uh, vetting process. Part of that is connecting with this population because many people that I talk with in the life skills program, you know, have never come into a library before or maybe don't feel welcome in a library. As the librarian at the jail, I order material and create programs, participate in the life skills program where we're able to literally talk with prisoners about the services and resources they offer. And I also do outreach services to a youth facility. These are youth who have been officially sentenced, but they're not old enough to go into the prison system. And so we provide reading materials and printed programs for them to keep them engaged and and involved in positive behavior. And so it it also works as a positive deterrent, because if you can kind of have a, a stress reliever in an environment that is otherwise considerably stressful, that will give you more opportunity to engage in positive behavior, to learn something new, do all of those things that can deter you from repeating patterns that got you there in the first place. Are there programs or services at the library for those who have left incarceration and are re-entering society? We're really careful in our branding because we want to look at the needs of the community 
and recognize the individuals who are coming out of incarceration have very similar needs to other members in the community. So access to information, the ability to apply for a job or help on the computer doing that. And so when we have programs, we don't say, you've just been released from jail or prison, come do this. Instead, it's like, here's a computer training class, or here's a workshop on how to create a job resume or to do something like that, so that it really is open to anybody. And what have been some of the biggest challenges you've faced in these roles? Hands down is time, a lack of time. There are always so many opportunities and projects that you can do. There's never enough time to do everything. So you really have to prioritize and step back and pause. I had this amazing manager who would every day say slow and with intention. So I would come up with an idea and I would go to her and tell her how excited I was to do it. She'd say, slow down. Let's think this through. And I have three whiteboards in my office. I also have one at home. And if I have an idea, I will vet it out on the whiteboard and write everything down. It's color coded. So I get a visual perspective of this is where we're at. This is how we get to where we want to be. Is it feasible? Is it sustainable? Does it make sense? Is this the right time for that? And I'm doing that with every project to make sure that I am moving forward slowly with intention, creating a sustainable program, that it's not creating a false expectation of, hey, library can do this. But, you know, in the long run, we really can't. So that continuity of service, whether that's in the jail or that's outside with other community outreach, all of those factors go into that. Can you walk us through a typical day or week in your job? I love to whiteboard, but I also calendar everything and I build in buffer days because I know that, you know, it may take longer to get a response from somebody or I'm juggling several projects at the same time. And so a deadline is the 15th. I'll say it's due the 5th. And then we've got an extra week and a half in between. But I color code my calendar. I put the big picture things on there. And so at the beginning of every week, I sit down and look at that and say, okay, these are the things that I have to work on. These are my big rocks. And then I focus on those. Everything else is a pebble. And a pebble will either get completed because wouldn't it be amazing if you got everything done in a week? So a pebble is either something we're building to, or if it's not insignificant, it's going to fall away. By working and focusing on those big rocks, we can get the big projects done and get them done in a timely way. But I also check in with the staff that I supervise and I say, what are your needs? How can I support you? And they may say, you know, can we sit down and talk about a certain training or talk about this or I have needs in these areas? And so making time and prioritizing them, I feel like that's critical because we have an amazing team. They love working in the jail. And honestly, we could not do the outreach there if we didn't have such an invested team. And so how often does your team visit the jail or the youth center? So the jail is actually a program in outreach. And so we have 5.25 FTE employees dedicated 100% to services in the jail. So they're there Monday through Saturday providing services for individuals, which is really cool. There are not a lot of agencies or organizations that have that kind of support. And these are the individuals that are just hands down amazing. Due to security reasons, you know, we can't use some of the technology pieces we use in a branch. So it takes a lot longer. It's a lot more handling of material and certainly found ways to streamline processes and make them better. But it really is the day-to-day work of that entire staff who are on site every day. Pulling back where outreach is this larger umbrella, the senior librarian in the jail also does outreach to these other organizations. So they will work with the Youth Detention Center or they'll present to Criminal Justice Services. So I've worked in both roles and that's how that connection happens. And do the on-site staff also present programs at the facilities or is it mainly book management? 
We deliver uh, books and magazines, and then every month we do a different activity sheet. So we try to mirror a lot of what we do in the public library system in the jail. And these are really cool because they're fun and they're engaging. They help with that downtime. It's a positive tool for prisoners' mental health. They were especially important during COVID because when individuals would get arrested, they had to go through two periods of quarantine um, before they were assigned to permanent housing. Do you collaborate with other organizations or agencies to provide these services? And if so, what kind of qualities do you look for in a partner organization? Criminal Justice Services is the primary one, and we used to provide reading material. So anybody who was on parole would go into that office to meet with their parole officer or other support staff. Members of Criminal Justice Services also work in other areas. Some are in the jail, some are at the actual facility. But we would drop off books, and then we never had any feedback. And so we're thinking, why are we doing this service, which is time intensive, and we don't collect data on it? We don't know if we're having a quality interaction. We don't know the effect this may or may not be having on somebody. So because of the pandemic, criminal justice services went 100% remote, and we started to really assess what we were doing there and came up with this model of train the trainer. And we could tell the parole officers and other support staff, these are the resources that library have to offer. And the benefit of that was by making the counselors, parole officers, these individuals aware of what the library has, they would be able to let their clients know specifically based on that individual situation. Let's talk about evaluation. How do you evaluate the effectiveness of the library's outreach services? So it actually begins with that initial assessment. If we're contacted by an agency or organization, we start to look at what is their mission? What is their goal? How accessible is the event? You know, if somebody's going to charge $50 to attend it, those are not the individuals we're trying to connect with. If something has a fee, but there is also a way that individuals can attend regardless of income, then that's a consideration. We're pre-vetting whether or not we participate. So if somebody contacts me, I start with that pre-assessment so that when we actually go and do the outreach, we're making sure that we're connecting with those individuals. And so then we've already said, this is an outreach event that's worth going to. By starting from that point, we're already halfway through that assessment and capturing those metrics. So then, of course, we go to an event and we do count the number of people, but we also want qualitative data. And so when staff come back from an event, they fill out a survey and they talk about what their experience was like. Did they go to an event and just pass out stickers and pencils and bookmarks? Or did you go and you talked with 20 people and you had really quality interactions? You were able to introduce them to library services. And it's a very different experience when you have people coming in saying, you know, rah, rah, we love the library. And we're like, thank you so much. And then it's an entirely different opportunity to say, did you know the library has this? They say, I had no idea. And so it's those qualitative interactions that we really want to capture. So with staff sharing those stories with us, And then because we pre-vetted, we get the assessment, we do look at the numbers, and then we say, this was a positive experience. Would we go back? Was the partner easy to work with? So all of those factors in go into a final report. And then if it was a positive experience for us, do they invite us back or do we apply to go back? And that's kind of how we determine if we're making a positive impact for the community. And finally, our last question, what advice would you give to libraries interested in providing outreach services to persons who are incarcerated and those reentering society? You have to find out what is already going on in your community. It's really helpful if your organization or your library has a community assessment plan and already knows what's going on in the community, but if not, definitely complete that. 
Do you have within your jurisdiction a jail or a rehabilitation center? Do you have a halfway house? Do you have homeless shelters? Look at what is in your service area and then assess your bandwidth. And then some of these relationships really take a lot of time. And so you want to reach out and you may be turned down the initial one, two, three, five, ten times. But if really your goal is connecting and they say, you know, we want this service, but now is not the right time with us. Just be patient or look at other ways that you can connect and engage with. You might not be able to get into a jail or a prison, but you can have a supportive program at your library for families of incarcerated individuals and offer that family support. So stay the course, make connections, get involved in your state organization so that you can work with other library staff who may be already doing the work and you're not replicating it and then work together and go slowly and with intention. Stay the course, make connections, work with intention. Great advice. Any other last thoughts you want to share with our listeners? These are really exciting times because as our world continues to expand with technology, we're seeing an increase in libraries for digital literacy skills from everybody. But this is especially important for individuals who are incarcerated or coming out of incarceration because they may not have had access to traditional education through upbringing. And so they're kind of already behind the curve. And this is not true for everybody, but this is more true for many individuals within this population. And so one thing that's important is to look at what your organization is offering. Be very careful and sensitive with your branding, but also be aware that an individual is coming out of incarceration. There are already barriers in place for housing, for a job to get medical assistance, open up a bank account, things like that. And so the more support we can offer can help individuals uh, more successfully re-enter society. I just want to mention that Jen's article, Outreach Services to Persons Who Are Incarcerated and Those Re-Entering Society, published in the May-June 2022 issue of Public Libraries Magazine, was recently named as the Honorable Mention winner in the annual Public Libraries Feature Article Contest. You can check it out at publiclibrariesonline.org. Congratulations, Jen. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me today. That was Jen McCaig, Acting Manager of Outreach Services at the Salt Lake County Library in Utah. You've been listening to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. We hope you gained some valuable insight from this episode. Don't forget to check out all of our past episodes at www.publiclibrariesonline.org and find out more about the Public Library Association at www.pla.org. Thanks for listening.